And the people like lift their boat up and carry the whole boat through the city to Olga's court. And they drop the whole boat into a ditch and Olga buried them alive. <music> Olga invites them to appear before her after they have bathed. And she has her people prepare like this huge spa experience for them. She like has them draw up these baths with scented perfumes. And Olga has the doors locked and burns the bathhouse down. The Drevlians. I mean, I thought you were going to say like she makes them bathe and then she puts them in a pit and buries them alive. While all her people are, are massacring people, she's like running around and like egging them on. Like, oh, you're doing a great job. You can do more murders. Hello from Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women from history. I am Sarah Gorski. I'm Sam Eggers. And I'm Justin Xavier. And today I'm going to be talking about Olga of Kiev. Have you guys ever heard of Olga of Kiev? I have not. But she sounds awesome. It's a great I, name. Mm-hmm. I think you ought to buckle your seatbelts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because she is abroad unlike any other. Aww. And why and do you know about her? Why? You know what? I, it was another one of those passing memes. I don't. Why? I shouldn't get so many of my broads from memes that I see. <laughs> um, but then you look and you're like, wow, that's a weird and crazy story. Is that true? And then I did my research and was like, oh wow, that is true. Plus more that wasn't even in the meme. So uh, I had to bring her to you guys because I think she's just pretty incredible. So we're going back in time. Okay. We're back in the old time machine, going back to... Hop in the DeLorean, let's um, go. We don't know her exact birthday, oh. but it's sometime between 890 and 925 AD. So kind of, you know, big throwback there. Way back mm-hmm. there. Way back when. And there's not very much known about her prior to her marriage to Prince Igor I, except that she was of Viking origin. She was a Viking babe. Sweet. Igor and Olga is the couple. <laughs> yes. It's great. It's adorable. And because I'm a nerd who studied in Russia, I always say Yegor instead of Igor. Igor is like the American. Yegor. Mm. Yegor. You know, just so the audience knows what I'm talking about. Yegor um, was the son and heir of Rurik and the Rurik dynasty. And under Rurik and Oleg, who was his guardian, Yegor's uh, uh, guardian, a ton of power had been consolidated in the region, conquering a bunch of tribes and forming what they called the Kievan Rus Empire. And their capital was Kiev. Um, so that today, that's like part of Russia, Ukraine, Belarus. That's the area of the world we're talking about. And so Olga and Yegor get married. And one of the tribes next door in this time period was uh, called the Drevlians. Uh, and at one time... It's a great word. Yeah, the Drevlians. I know. You don't hear it very much, and there's a reason. Oh. Um, so one of the tribes, uh, the Drevlians, they were sort of friends with the Rus, the, the Kievan Rus. They, like, fought the Byzantine Empire together, and they paid taxes to Yugor's dad and to Oleg, um, because his dad died before uh, Yugor was old enough, so Oleg was kind of the guy who kind of held power w- until Yugor got old enough. But when Oleg died, they were like, we're not going to pay our taxes anymore. Mm. We don't really care for that. <laughs> and so Yugor was pissed. Yugor was like, what the fuck, dude? So he took his larger army, his army was considerably larger than the Drevlian's army, brought them over and was like, you guys, you have got to pay the rent. Uh, And the Drevlians were scared of their bigger army, so they paid up. It should end well, like the story should be over. But in what I can only describe as one of the most dude moments in history, 
<laughs> Halfway home, Yegor decides that they hadn't paid him enough money. <laughs> oh, God. So he rides back uh, with a smaller party since it takes a long time to turn the army around. So he goes back with a smaller party. And the Drevlians were like, mm, no, and they murdered him. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I can't. I have trouble like comprehending like what it was that made him think that was going to be successful. But you know that is that was his choice, and you know he did that. <laughs> a side note: uh, Olga and Yegor had a son, uh, Sviatoslav, but he was only three years old at this time when Yegor's murder murdered. So Olga assume, had to assume the throne until he came of age, in the same way the previous Oleg had to. Um, so Olga's running shit while he while Yegor is gone, and then the Drevlians have successfully killed Yegor. And they're like, oh my god, we're so good at killing. We're so good. <laughs> uh, and, and they were like feeling really proud about their murdering oh, skills. No. So they send 20 negotiators in a boat to Olga's court. Negotiators. Uh-huh. I'm doing air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Negotiators. They send them to Olga and they tell her, first of all, her husband is dead. And second of all, she needed to marry their prince, Prince Mal. Prince Mal? Mal. Mal. Mal? I guess. M A L. So Olga. Which means bad. (laughs) Prince bad. Prince bad. He's a bad prince. Bad. And you're going to marry him. (laughs) This feels like a fairy tale. Uh It does. (laughs) Kind of. Um, So Olga responds to them, uh, and this is a quote, I think, from the history book Your proposal is pleasing to me. Indeed, my husband cannot rise again from the dead, but I desire to honor you tomorrow in the presence of my people. Return now to your boat and remain there with an aspect of arrogance. I shall send for you on the morrow, and you shall say, We will not ride on horses nor go on foot. Carry us in our boat, and you shall be carried in your boat. (laughs) The negotiators are like, Honors? They're going to carry us through the city? They were like, Wow, this is going really well for us. (laughs) Yeah. We have accomplished all this and more. Prince Maul's going to be so excited. So they go back to their boat. Good overnight. thing we didn't pay up that second time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? They, the Drevlians made a lot of great decisions. So they, so they go back to their little boat, and then the next day they come back in their boat, and the people literally like lift their boat up and carry the whole boat through the city to Olga's court, and they drop the whole boat into a ditch that had been dug in the middle of the court, and Olga buried them alive. <laughs> she buried Dang. all 20 negotiators and their boat alive. <laughs> that's, that's, that's an extreme choice yeah was it like choice? a was it like a trap door like they didn't see it coming or they just were like well let's get in this pit and wait <laughs> I, I, like my only assumption can be pit. right like they're being carried through the city they're like oh my god this is the best day of my life yeah. look at all these people worshiping me i'm gonna get laid tonight like so much is going well for me i'm gonna get mm-hmm. the promotion and all of them are like woohoo woohoo and then and the, then they know, just threw the boat into a pit yeah because the people are obeying i Olga, see who is oh, now okay. kind of their queen regent that makes a little more sense than what i was picturing <laughs> yeah <laughs> them carrying their own boat and then getting into a pit (laughs) so my bad so the drevlians though don't actually know know anything that that has happened so Mm -hmm. olga sends them a message she she says a message and says you need to send me your most distinguished men to me in kiev so that i might go to their prince with due honor and they didn't know what had happened to the previous party they didn't know anyone was buried alive and they were like oh that sounds great and so they like send a party a, a new party to Olga and Kiev. And when they arrive, 
Olga invites them to appear before her after they have bathed. And she has her people prepare like this huge spa experience for them. She like has them draw up these baths with mm-hmm. scented perfumes. And she like ushers them into the bathhouse. And they're like, wow, wow. We're this so special. Is, like, really special. And Olga has the doors locked and burns the bathhouse down. <laughs> oh, right? man. The Drevlians. I mean, I thought you were going to say, like, she makes them bathe, and then she puts them in a pit and buries them alive. So at least she's expanded her repertoire here. I mean, I can't say that I don't understand why the the Drevlians were upset. (laughs) She's just taking it to the biggest extreme. She is pissed that they killed her husband. This is, like, the ultimate revenge story, P.S. Oh, yeah. Now that you're seeing parts of it. We're not to the end yet. He was stealing from them. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. So, okay, so they're burned to death in the bathhouse, and Olga sends another message to the Drevlians, telling them, quote, prepare great quantities of mead in the city where you killed my husband, that I may weep over his grave and hold a funeral feast for him. They fall for this, too? How come our other 40 guys haven't come back? And she brings a small, this, like, humble party with her to visit Yegora's tomb, and they weep and weep, and they hold this big funeral feast all the things you'd expect at the time period, right? Mm-hmm. This, of this great king who has died. <laughs> and all the Drevlians join in with the feast, and they're all hanging out, and they're drinking. And Some they're red drinking, wedding shit. And they're drinking, and they're drunk as fuck. And Olga gets up, and she orders her peeps that she brought to start massacring the fuck out of them. And suppo- supposedly, uh, obviously we can't like prove such things that happened long ago, but supposedly that night 5,000 people are massacred. Wow. At this at this funeral feast. How many people does she bring? Uh, it, all it says is a small party. Uh-huh. So I'm guessing that's like, so a, like 100 or 200, as opposed to a full army, which would have been right. thousands. thousands. Right. So everybody had to kill like 10 guys. Yeah, and and apparently... <laughs> 10 super drunk like, guys. While all, her, uh, while all her people are are massacring people, she's like running around and like egging them on. Like, oh, you're doing a great job. You can do more murders. You can do it. You can, she's like running around <laughs> oh and she's like urging... That's the most Viking thing I've urging heard. Their, it is. This is ultra Viking. She is like uh-huh. the ultimate viking queen i feel and so then they they like finish their massacre for the night and they all run back to kiev to assemble the full army and march on the city where you guys come there's more <laughs> what is kordistan is the name left? of the city right. i mean they have I no army anymore there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of people like there that time period was not like sparsely populated they mm-hmm. had like these cities that were forming not very well managed but they were there and all these tribes had kind of combined this is like the coming together of like organized civilization sort of so there was a lot of people i guess <laughs> so they come to the city and they lay siege on it for a year oh my god whoa a year <laughs> and it wasn't successful and and olga's like oh this is so boring <laughs> she's like this needs to be over <laughs> I got it over my husband already <laughs> this isn't even worth it so for me anymore she sends the Drevlians a message and her message was why do you persist in holding out all your cities have surrendered to me and submitted to tribute which is the taxes so you had the inhabitants now cultivate their fields and their lands in peace but you had rather tied of hunger without submitting to tribute and the Drevlians were like dude okay we'll pay the tribute <laughs> We'll pay the tribute, except that we're still afraid that you're still avenging your husband. Which was like the smartest thing they've said in this story. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, no, murder the negotiator's boat and the feast night massacre. It's it's enough for me. I'm done. But listen, I got one request for you. Give me three pigeons and three sparrows from each house. 
And the Drevlians were like, oh my god, thank god. That's so easy, we can do it, and we're happy you're finished revenging. Here's the, all the pigeons and sparrows, you're the best, we're gonna pay our taxes from on time from now on. Thank you so much, we're so relieved this is over. It's a lot of birds. It's a lot of birds. How do they have that many birds? <laughs> Everybody has three pigeons and sparrows. Yeah, pigeons. I feel like you would see, but right. sparrows. I mean, they use them for messages and stuff, right? I guess. I, guess. Have a lot. I don't know if everyone would have three. But I think that at that point, you're like your neighbor has extras, and they're like, "Here, no, take them. We need this yeah. to be over, right?" Go to the, head to the aviary. <laughs> <laughs> so Olga takes all these birds. So she has tiny pieces of cloth with sulfur on them tied to their feet, and she lights the fabric on fire. Oh. And because the sulfur is on the cloth, it burns really slowly. Oh. And she releases them, and they all fly back to their homes. And set all the houses on fire. And burns the city to the ground. This entire city is burned to the ground. According to the history books, quote, there was not a house that was not consumed, and it was impossible to extinguish the flames because all the houses caught fire at once. And the people that were fleeing the city were either killed or made slaves to her followers, and she left a couple alive so she could still get tributes. Oh my god. And that, my friends, is the origin story of Daenerys Targaryen. Exactly. (laughs) Olga. And then her revenge was done because the Drevlians were destroyed. decimated. They were destroyed. There was a genocide. People. So what does Olga do after this? I mean, like on a weekend when she has some spare time, what does she do now? Well, yeah, I have, it, I you have can more. never top that. I have, there's more. There's, there's more. more. Okay. Okay. That's the end of the revenge story, though. That's uh, the end okay. of like the Daenerys Targaryen mm-hmm. origin story, which you can't deny. Like she lacks the people in the ha- the the temple. Remember in what mm-hmm. was that season three or four? <laughs> like, and then burns it, lacks the doors, and burns it all down. And oh, right. oh yeah, the, like she did it all. Right? That was like season six. I, I cannot think George R. R. Martin was not aware of Olga. not aware of Olga. Facing mm-hmm. <laughs> something. I mean, he. It sounds like almost every part of that story was used as a plot point in Game of Thrones at one point or another. I mean, that bird war stuff is yeah. good. Bird war, yeah. That bird war stuff is sick. Okay, so anyway, she de- she destroys. The Drevlians, and they're all finished. And she remained regent while her son was still a kid, and then he became the king, and it was always, like, great and fine. But during her rule, and while she was in charge and helping, her son went to also was at war for, like, like, he was just always at war, it sounds like. So she basically ruled in his stead while he was gone. Uh, And under her, uh, she changed the system of tribute gathering, which was technically the first legal reform recorded in Eastern Europe. Uh, And basically what she did is she assigned her own reps to gather the tributes, the taxes in each area, rather than relying on, like, the local lord to do it. So she basically, like, had ambassadors and representatives Mm. in all the cities that collected the money and then got it to her instead of the people themselves, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And she established. So were a bunch the lords of, like siphoning some off of themselves or something? I mean, probably. Probably. Like you have to imagine that. That sounds like lords all yeah. the time. Lords. Yeah. I mean, that was the reason that that. I mean, that's the reason the drug. He went over there in the first place, the right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and she established all these trading posts and hunting reserves and towns that are still in existence today. Like, were they doing anything with the taxes to like benefit those communities? Like the, the point of taxes is to like well, I help. Think the general point of the taxes is to protect people in war. So like That's if you pay tribute, so she just took all when, the taxes and put them into the military to kill the people who paid the taxes. Well, the Drevlians were the exception, right? Okay. So like if the the you know they were at war with the Byzantine Empire and like when they came in, those were technically protected lands, right? So essentially, you're kind of paying for your army in the same way. Mm-hmm. It like not too. I mean, yeah, no, that's true. It's like 80% of our taxes go to war. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely true. (laughs) 
the people didn't have a say in what the money was spent on. Right. But if they wanted, and if they didn't pay it, be, they'd be killed. So exactly, <laughs> I guess we're if they wanted do it. to be part of the protection ring, you know, they had to kind of comply. And so all of the works that she did there basically kind of centralized state rule. And she like built this network of administrative centers they called Pogosti. Uh, and they brought kind of a cultural unification to the Russian nation at that time, like which wow. didn't kind of exist before that. And then well, that's nice. I know. That's, she does some all good this can work. come out of all of that. And then in the in the 950s, she travels to Constantinople. Uh, and the, the reigning emperor was Constantine the Seventh. And the source I was reading said that, quote, Olga came before him, and when he saw that she was very fair of countenance and wise as well, the emperor wondered at her intellect. He conversed with her and remarked that she was worthy to reign with him in his city. When Olga heard his words, she replied she was still a pagan, and that if he desired to baptize her, he should perform this function himself. Otherwise, she was unwilling to accept baptism, end quote. So the emperor's like, well, all right. We can do that. That's great. Like you're converting to Christianity. That is that's pretty rad. He, and so, with the help of the patriarch, which is the highest-ranking bishop in Eastern Orthodoxy at the time, the emperor Constantine and the patriarch baptize her, and she becomes Christian. Huh. She's like the first Rus to ever do it, and Viking for that matter. Right. Uh, and it was it was kind of like a, a big moment for Christianity, at least. Got our first Viking. <laughs> yeah, so they baptize her, but then Constantine's like Got our the, first mass murderer. <laughs> I know, well, no, they get Christianity plenty, had plenty, plenty of those. Of those. <laughs> I mean, that's how they knew she was smart. She had like defeated all these people and like put put the unrest down and like manage the mischief, right? <laughs> the mischief. But after her baptism, Constantine's like, but listen, dude, really though why don't you marry me? Because you're pretty well suited to it. Don't do it, Olga. Uh-oh. So here's here's where our girl uh, comes uh, through, guys. She doesn't God. kill She does not kill him. He's oh, the emperor, okay? okay? All right, all right. <laughs> Just wouldn't be surprised, you know? So and this is all sort of speculation, but I believe it. You can always go to the pigeon strategy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, we, we've, like, deduced that she's a hottie and that mm-hmm. she's super smart and strategical. Mm-hmm. Str- strategical? That's not a word. Strategic. <laughs> and so... It makes her a huge catch for marriage, right? But marrying her would also have secured Constantine's relationship and power over Rus. Mm. Uh, and Olga knows this. Mm-hmm. And supposedly, this is why she was baptized. Because in the church, the person who baptizes you is becomes your baptismal sponsor. And then to have a relate to marry them would be considered incest, spiritual incest. Oh. So Olga's like oh, you can't marry me because that's not allowed. These rules of Christianity say that you can't do that. Slick, Olga. Very (laughs) slick. That's a great move. So she basically, she just outwits the fuck out of everybody, including the emperor, including like more or less their pope. (laughs) She gets them all. She, um, and then the emperor was like super impressed. And he says, the, the quote from the book is, Olga, you have outwitted me. And he gave her many gifts of gold and silver and silks and vases and dismissed her, still calling her his daughter. You think he'd be a little offended. So she did it. <laughs> but she did it so subtly and so smartly, like that they didn't know that it was there, that they were manipulated, right? Uh-huh. They were like, oh, you're right. They were like, That Shoot. is a Christian rule. We forgot about I that. I can't believe it. Well, you've been a good Christian. Mm-hmm. Go home You're better peace. than all of us. <laughs> so she maintains the power of the region. Wow. Right? So that's like the bulk of the story. Um, her son 
was not a fan of Christianity. He would not be converted, um, which was like a huge disappointment for her. <laughs> but she did convert a lot of people. Uh, and she managed to build a whole bunch of churches in Kiev. And she also had her husband, even though he wasn't going to convert, he agreed not to kill people that did convert, which was, turns out, another huge win for Christianity. Because at that point, people who converted, the pagans would just right. kill them. Yep. So a bunch of people got to live. Uh, she built mm. a bunch of churches. Uh, and then, despite her failure to convert her husband, her grandson, Vladimir the Great, officially converted in 988. Where he, so he was the first king of the region mm-hmm. to convert. Uh, so she like really came through and she was sainted by the church. Really? What? She was sainted for bringing Christianity to the region that previously was all pagan. So, like, 600 years after her death, the Russian Orthodox Church sainted her, and she is the patron saint of widows and converts. So she is our first broad who's a saint. Interesting. That blows my mind. (laughs) Considering how hard it is for them to saint anyone, let alone women. Well, that was in 1547 Uh is when the sainting happened. So I don't know if that's, maybe it was easier. 600 years after she was dead. Yeah. But, but her deeds were in bringing, you know, in the eyes of the church. Uh And when she's baptized, she's cleansed of her sins, right? Right. Yep. So killing like a billion Drevlians was better. Yeah. Oh my God. 15, whatever, when they sainted her, they're like Drevlian, Shmevlian. Dude. Can you believe her? Wow, Olga. An incredible story. Olga of Kiev, our first saint broad and the original Daenerys Targaryen. She's the yeah. saint of what? Widows and Widows what? and converts. Widows and converts. Okay. Which that makes sense. sense. Those are the two <laughs> things we heard about a lot in that story. Yeah. And she was sainted not just by the Russian Orthodox Church, but like all of the Orthodox what a, what Churches a, that's, sainted her as well. They're even like calling out that she was a mass murderer. Patron saint of widows. Like, you killed all those men and created all those widows. Therefore, she was forgiven. Yeah. Guys, Christianity. I know. <laughs> You can do anything. You can do anything. All you have to do is say sorry one time to God and maybe pray a bunch of times. And you're At least in that church. Right, <laughs> right, 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 yeah. Um, Raised Catholic, wow. so I can speak against it. <laughs> well, that's fascinating. that wraps up Olga of Kiev. Olga of Kiev. Thank you for listening, everyone. If you want to support Broads, you should know. You should leave us a review on iTunes or tell your friends. Follow, subscribe, etc., etc. Uh, you also can reach out to us on Instagram at Broads You Should Know, or you can email us at Broads You Should Know at gmail.com. We'll be back next week to tell you all about another broad you should know. Also, come visit us at broadsyoushouldknow.com because we actually have um, an online database of all the broads, and you can search through all of these amazing, badass women that we have talked about so far and um, eventually probably some we haven't talked about yet. But come uh, get your badass woman fix at broadsyoushouldknow.com.